Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. What's going on, everybody? Xander, Down to Business Podcast here with my friend David Waldy. If you've been watching, listening, seeing us on TikTok, Facebook, wherever, David's been a friend of the show now for several, several episodes, and uh, he's going to be here every week uh, talking about business, faith, family, uh, personal development. David is the CEO of Fierce Empathy Solutions. Is that right? That's right. Man, I'm so good at this. Oh, my gosh. We've been practicing (laughs) in the mirror. Uh, and David is a you know renowned speaker and uh, consultant. So David, thanks for being here today, brother. Thank you for having and, me. Uh, Wait, before we start, yeah, can't see you very clearly. I need to ask Chris for my glasses. Chris, can you pass me? Oh glasses shoot, right over here. That's okay. How to see your beautiful mug, Alex? You know, I'm trying to grow the beard out <laughs> like the dude at uh, Blaze Pizza. <laughs> Bro, he had the Rick Ross he had, beard. Dude, that beard was. Did you think of that? I thought Rick Ross the first second. It was second, awesome. This so guy, good. we just went and ate a Blaze Pizza, and he had this beautiful. I mean, shout dude. out to Ryan Reynolds. I think right. His, His name is Ryan Reynolds. No, I'm pretty sure that Ryan Reynolds owns part of Blaze. No, I thought LeBron LeBron James does. I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds does too. Well, that's I could two be wrong. Pretty awesome owners. So shout out LeBron, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds come I know on. you're seeing this. Give you're us welcome, a gift card. You're welcome to Jones coupons for- available. <laughs> we're ready for them. <laughs> Um, so anyways, we were eating at Blaze and yeah, he had a great beer, but we, but at Blaze and now going in this, today's hot topic, mm-hmm. student loans. Yeah. And yours truly, I had $28,521 of student loans <laughs> and I hated it. I had yeah. a full ride to school minus my meal plan. Mm-hmm. Meal plans are about 5,400 bucks. I did five years. I registered and then did four years. And for some reason, I didn't work through college. Like, that was... What a dummy. Yeah, that was dumb. Um, <laughs> Not calling you out if you're in college. Yeah, college, but I, I might dumb. be calling On you out. On my part, it was super dumb. <laughs> I mean, I played baseball, so that was pretty much a full-time job, but yeah. definitely could have done one night a week somewhere. Delivering pizza, man. Dude, 100 bucks. 100 bucks, 52 yeah. weeks, so it's 5,200 bucks. Mm-hmm. What a paper student loan. But uh, I took out student loans and didn't really understand it. I remember my mom and I were sitting at the registrar's office or financial aid and i signed a couple papers and Mm -hmm. didn't really understand what was going on your kidneys away yeah it's weird right like (laughs) at 18 you can't buy alcohol but you can sign off for thirty thousand dollars of loans or fifty thousand dollars you can sign three hundred thousand dollars to go to a prestigious school but yeah harvard you can't get a twenty thousand dollar business loan makes no sense um America. Uh, so anyways, so I did that. And right as I got out of college, um, they turned the fountain on, man, with mm. it's paused, right, while you're in school. And I was like, I'm done with this. So in 18 months, mm-hmm. 20 months, something like that, I paid all of it off. Good for you. And yeah, it was a grind. I mean, I think it was like 800 to 1000 bucks a month plus like one big payment. And my wife and I did not make a lot of money. And this is what's frustrating about the student loan conversation is it's it's not talking – it's usually not talked about in the context of financial. Mm-hmm. It's usually political or philosophical or psychological. Yeah. And that's what's frustrating to me. Yeah. I don't know about you, Dave. It's like – anyways. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's very bothersome because a lot of times we have these things in the political space. That is really, the student loan thing is just highly politicized right now. That's what everyone's talking about because of what, what Biden has announced and the conversations around that. But the problem is we – 
we oftentimes don't take a step back and look at all of the different ramifications. Like yeah. what does this actually affect and uh, how does it affect not only our future as Americans, but who we are as individuals, especially if, you know, having student loan debt, if you're someone who has that right now, the emotional response is like, oh, this sounds yeah. awesome. But because we're in an emotionally heightened state, right? Anytime you're in an emotionally heightened state, whether you're overjoyed or you're angry or whatever, it shuts off the part of your brain that thinks rationally. Right. And so when we can take a step back and start looking at this rationally, exactly what you're talking about, from a financial perspective, there are a lot of really challenging things that uh, that people don't wrestle through and actually consider that can have very severe and negative consequences uh, to not just you as an individual, but to our entire uh, economic structure. For example... If you're going to wipe away $300 billion worth of student loans that people freely took out, mm -hmm. right, uh, don't you think you'd turn the faucet off entirely on, oh, let's not give more student loans out if it's such a problem? So for anyone not understand what I'm saying is if you're going to wipe away student loan debt and it's such a good thing to help the economy, help people have more money to spend, that's one reason, right? It's supposed mm -hmm. to help curve inflation and people have the extra money they're not paying on their payment back into the economy, right? Yeah. Well, why are we still writing student loans then? Mm. It's just going to go right back to the same place. Yeah. If you don't turn the faucet off, water is going to continue to pour out. Yeah. Same problem. Solution, same problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not a real solution. Solutions change things. This isn't going to change anything. So well, that's, I mean, that's my number one so issue. So here's, here's another frame is that if you're, if you're a business owner, right, mm -hmm. uh, or you – even if you're not a business owner, if someone's ever owed you money, right, there is some form of expectation that, you know, if you've got terms set up that I'm going to get this money at some point in time so I can plan accordingly for the future, yeah. right? Now, we, we won't get into the, all the nuance of how colleges and universities handle uh, across the board, handle their financial situation, but they're operating as a business entity. If they you have are. all of this, these funds that are anticipated to come into, into your entity, into mm -hmm. your business, You've been proactively making decisions for months, if not years, based on that cash flow. Right? Well, they already got the money. You they already that, got right? the money. They already got the money. This is I didn't know this. Yeah, this okay. is federally backed loans. So okay. this is the problem: is the government is in the banking industry now, right? And the government is not supposed to be a banking entity. So <laughs> they have they're federally insured student loans. They're okay. forgiving the federally insured part of it. Gotcha. So it's the taxpayers. We pay money to the government, mm -hmm. and then they use our money mm. to give out loans, yeah. and now right. disappears. And that's what I'm saying is just like the stimulus checks, that money just evaporated in thin air. They're doing the same thing here and calling it something different. And now mm. within 24 months of each other, we've got an influx of stimulus fake money that's caused inflation to go crazy that was supposed to save us. And now we've got an influx of savings. Mm called stimulus but called something else on the right. student loan issue and so again like i've seen i had some people i posted last night so do we get a refund check for the twenty eight thousand we paid off now obviously we're not going to that was a yeah. joke uh not a joke but uh you know what do you call that sarcasm i hate sarcasm <laughs> but i had a friend of mine comment on acquaintance of mine comment Shouldn't, we should just be happy that people are uh, not having to pay something back, not that we already paid ours off. Mm. You know, like, I hear what you're, I hear that. Like, but just because you're not joyful doesn't mean you're upset at them. Like, I'm not happy about the situation. Mm. Doesn't mean I'm angry at the people who got it for, forgiven. Yeah. But it's just a, a, a smoke and mirrors. Like, and that's the issue I have with not just this, but that's what's going on in our country right now in general. And 
like to tie it to business, if we continue to do this in this area and that area and the next, everything's a facade. Yeah. You know, your business, you think it's profitable because it's got money in the bank, but you have 48000 on credit cards. Mm-hmm. You're actually net negative. And but you've oh man I've got fifty forty eight thousand in the bank not really yeah. you owe creditors forty eight thousand yeah. um, and this just continues to happen and, and we and, you know I I, um, I always call it Chris knows I call it like pushing money around you know mm-hmm. the you know the shell game mm-hmm. it's like that's what we're doing right now we're just putting something under a shell yeah. moving it around and going can you find it right. and at some point it is going to come back and cause us great damage I saw another statistic David last night. Where we owed China like we owed ourselves. America owned ourselves, I think, sixteen trillion. Mm. We've been borrowing from ourselves, which is a bonkers idea. And then we owed China. The next one was China. We owed them maybe two to three trillion, if I remember reading this right. Maybe more actually. Mm-hmm. And then we owed Brazil two hundred fifty billion. And like we are in such bad place debt wise, mm-hmm. and it's like monopoly money. And so I don't know. Can you kind of help share with people how this is gonna impact them like business wise yeah. i mean because you talk to people who have 20 million 30 million 50 mm-hmm. i mean what your client what's your biggest client's top line revenue you know if you had to guess if i had to guess uh biggest client i've ever worked with top line revenue was probably in excess of 100 million right um, but that's a you know that's a that's a whale that's a, a big one the mm-hmm. average business owner you're probably talking in that three to 20 million in top line rev which is so awesome so when it's when it comes to what we do, whether you're a business owner or, or who you are you know, as an employee or a team member, it's remembering that when it comes to anything pertaining to finances is that you, you have assets and liabilities. Most people have not been financially educated to understand the difference between an asset and a liability. And so you have a bunch of stuff or mm-hmm. you have a savings account. Like in the day and age we live in, a savings account is technically a liability. Mm-hmm. I'll explain to you why. If you have an inflation rate that's at 8 9% and you're pay- making 0.05% on your bank. savings account, you're actually losing money every single month, every single year. You're losing money. So that is technically a, a liability to some degree. And so when it comes to what we do with this, this situation, it's figuring out, okay, what can I do as an individual to create assets, right? So assets are not only your businesses, but you're talking about investments, you're talking about real estate. And for a lot of people, you you raise this question. It's like, well, I don't have $10,000 or $100,000 or a million dollars to go out and buy assets. Well, the cool thing is, is we live in the digital economy. Yeah. Have you ever heard of digital assets? Uh, I've heard of it. That's not one I'm as extremely aware of. So if you think about what a digital asset is, a digital asset is something that... I mean, that's a part of it, but this is where people get lost and confused. Hey, y'all, we want to take a quick second to thank today's show sponsor, Cycle CPA. I know you guys have heard me talk about Cycle CPA, but they truly are a transformational service for your business. Whether you're in the green industry or service-based company, they help bring a business mindset to your accounting. And for a limited time, if you guys use our code in the show notes or our Instagram links, you can save $200 off your first month. Cycle CPA's main focus is bookkeeping and helping you understand where your money's going, what the numbers tell you, and where that can take your company to the next level. So if you're looking for a bookkeeper, virtual bookkeeper like Cycle CPA, you guys sign up today, tell them we sent you, and have a great experience with a great company. A digital asset is anything that you have created to some degree that is going to bring 
money into your life. Uh, courses and right? stuff. So you've got courses, you've mm-hmm. got speaking, you've got training, you've got content creation, you've got the influencer you know, realm, yeah. you've got PDFs, you've got so many different opportunities. And then you get into NFT land and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, but regardless, is thinking of what can I create? That's if good. you can't buy something, what could I create that is a value to other people that can create some form of income stream into my life? And that's where I think a lot of people miss it because we talk about this, this student debt crisis it's been a crisis for for years. I think the statistic I, I read most recently was that um, the student loan debt is twice of what the credit card debt is. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is absurd. It doesn't you know? the average person have. It's not fifty thousand. It's in the twenty thousand range, right? I don't know. It's, but I mean, uh, you're talking about a lot of money. You're talking about four to eight hundred dollar a month payments, right? Like that is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, your your average car payment's six hundred dollars a month now, which is mm-hmm. astronomical. <laughs> if you have a car payment, student mm-hmm. loan payment, and a mortgage, yeah. That's called no money. Right. And it's so it's easy to understand why to some degree people are having such a hard time living and and just making ends meet. Yeah, absolutely. It's not that we're not all making decent money. It's that our overhead cost and the liabilities in our life are draining perpetually all of this money out. And so the biggest encouragement I would say is that you really need to take a hard look at, okay, am I, is my income? my work, right? If you're a business owner, you're an employee. Is my income the only form of revenue Mm. that I have flowing into my life? If it is, you need to change that immediately. You've heard this before is that, you know, financially successful people, millionaires, decamillionaires, and even beyond, they have multiple streams of income. But multiple streams of income, when I, you know, I, I probably have like eight streams of income, but those aren't all thousands of dollars. Sure. Some of them is like, you know, 50 to 100 bucks a month. Some of them is like 10 grand a month, but it's creating lots of different avenues. And you as an individual, you have so many gifts and skills. It just comes down to being willing to submit yourself to the learning process and saying, okay, how do I escalate my financial literacy, my understanding of how money works so that I can position myself that no matter what the government decides, no matter what the rest of the world does, I've been proactively taking steps to change my financial future. I loved uh, when, you know, it's actually become uh, not as much, but drop shipping, right? When, when mm-hmm. this There's is something so that takes- so many things. Dude, drop shipping for Drop people, shipping, Amazon FBA, you've got affiliate marketing. There's It takes little to no skill. It takes hard work and dedication, yeah. right? And you want to know how I afford my gas every month? My car? No, I'll tell t- you really please easy. Do. Okay. So I went on Amazon and any single person that watches this, including everybody in this room can do this. Target, Walmart, Amazon, any of the big name stores, you can go to their site and register as an affiliate. No. An affiliate is an outside salesperson. So all that I need to do is I throw up a reel or a post or whatever and I'm like, "Hey, you got to check out this book. This book is amazing." And I talk about it. And I post a link. Anyone that clicks and goes to that link, I get a commission, 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 commission. So I just because I talked about it, right? It. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever, affiliate. Any anyone can do this, and you don't have to have a deep understanding. Drop shipping, FBA. There's a lot of complexity depending on what you're looking. Are you at. putting a link tree link, or is it like just on that particular post? Just on the post in my link tree, wherever I want. I can go throw it up on in a comments section somewhere. I, anyone that goes through that hmm. that link. It's tracked by Amazon, and if uh, here's the really cool part too is sometimes people go to Amazon and they'll buy a book, and then they go like look for other stuff, and they buy like four hundred dollars worth of stuff. I make a commission on all that That's stuff. That's awesome, too. <laughs> dude. I, I I mean, I've always, obviously I've heard about affiliate marketing, and I knew mm-hmm. affiliate sales, whatever. 
I knew how that worked, but I don't think I realized how easy it was. It's incredibly easy, but the thing is, is that most people aren't willing to humble themselves to a place of being willing to learn new skills, mm. right? Is that for all of us, for anyone that has achieved any degree of success in your relationships, in your health, in your finances, it came from being willing to humbly recognize, I have to learn new things. I have to be willing to always be a student, which is what dovetails so nicely with student loans is that most people have invested all this money to get a degree, to end up in a job or in a career field that isn't even relevant to Man, their degree. That they don't like. That they don't like. They're dissatisfied with. And many of them are paying off these student loans. And I think at the end of the day, where people have such resistance is that they they didn't like the college experience or high school or learning, and so they stop learning, right? Mm -hmm. the, I think the statistic I last read was that 90% of Americans don't read a book after they graduate college. Not one book, not all the way through. Let us know if you've read a book in the last six months. Yeah, have you comments, read a book in the, the in last, like all the way through. I'm not talking you started the first three mm -hmm. chapters, like, yeah, I've kind of read start that book. Like, have you actually read it? And so for me, I, I consistently average between three and five books a month. <laughs> I obsessively oh read because, but here's why no, I'm laughing the, because it's, it sounds like a lot, but it's not that much. If you think about it, it's not because it's become a habit. Yeah. And the reason it's so important to me is wow. that every single time I pick up a book, I realize how stupid I am. Mm. I, every, every time I learn something new, I learn how little I actually so know humbling. about the world yeah. and around. And the cool thing about books in particular and why you should always maintain this heart of a student is that that thing that you're reading is literally the distillation. Like if you think about distilling, mm -hmm. right? We, we got moonshiners up north of us from <laughs> the dis distillation process is pulling the very best essence yeah. out of that individual. And they've put it into a book that, you can get for 10 bucks right? and you can open that thing up and if you actually learn from them, they've taken all of the pain, all the struggle, all the challenges place. and they put it all in one place. Mm. But very few people are willing to say, okay, I'll pick up a book and I'm going to read 20 minutes a day for the next 30 days. And it, maybe I'll only get through one book. You know what? Right. You are already 99% ahead of just about everyone else that's out there. You want a quick advantage. Stop worrying about student loans and things like that and focus on what does your education look like I now like for the future? Because if you want to change your financial situation, never have to worry about what the government decides to do around student loans or taxes, you have to create new financial vehicles in the form of assets, which means you have to be willing to learn things. And the only reason I can talk about this stuff now is because five years ago, I was a dummy. Like I had no financial literacy. We're still to this day, Alex, we're paying off what Dave Ramsey would call stupid tax mm -hmm. from decisions that we made. But now I have a whole new understanding. You know this, I know this, that yeah. if we want to go create a new business, like in about a week, it's done. Yeah, <laughs> we got to go to Secretary of State. Yeah, file our LLC. Not, like just, technically, it's not hard at all. It's not hard yep. at all, but it seems hard if you've never done it. It's the same thing as real estate. The first time I bought a rental property, I was terrified. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm buying a rental property. This mm -hmm. is like big wig stuff." And then you do it, and you're like, "That actually was probably easier than buying my house." Mm. You know. And so once you learn these things, you can start to look into these creative outlets to create financial resource through the form of asset accumulation, which if you have 500 bucks a month here and a thousand bucks a month here and 2,500 bucks a month here. And this, before you know it, you replace your income. And then you're in a situation like you and I've talked about people ask me all the time, like, what do you do, David? I'm like, um, <laughs> a, a lot of stuff, a little, stuff. Bit, of a lot. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of a lot, because what I do is just an extension of who I am yeah. and who I am is because I've submitted myself to be an, a, a constant student right. of learning. That's awesome. I love that. So anyways, guys, whether, wherever you stand on the student loan issue, I think David's made it clear, and we talked about it here today, uh, be a lifelong learner. 
Yeah. Uh, whether you have a degree or not. You so can't th- control what you can't control. Uh, yeah. And this is one of those things that you can't, you, you can't go back to the past, no. you know, what the government does, but you can control what you do moving forward right. and only you can make that decision. Yep. Amen to that, brother. So guys, this is the Down to Business Podcast. We're wrapping up this episode. Join us next time on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, uh, social media, wherever you find us. We want to interact with you. Send us a message. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and be blessed.